Well, good evening, everyone. How's everyone doing tonight? Good, that's what I like to hear. So AARP is working to ensure uh, that we have financial security, we want to be able to take charge. Uh, retirement planning is definitely something that's really important. Here's a disclaimer that we talked about earlier. So at no point during this presentation are we going to give investment, tax, nor legal advice. So this is just informational. Any questions on that? So making a personal plan. And so when you think about retirement planning, uh, it's really important to actually have a plan. The scale of retirement planning has changed uh, over the years. There used to be a lot more pensions uh, that were out there, although not as many people have pensions nowadays. Uh, and so there's, you're relying a lot on 401ks, which are kind of self-funded. Uh, you're also relying a lot on Social Security. Uh, and there's a lot of questions around, well, when do I take Social Security? Uh, do I take it at 62? Do I wait until 70? What does it mean to wait? Why should I wait? Uh, if I'm married, are there options? Uh, so those are a few things that we'll talk about here today as well. So what does a secure financial future look like to you? Uh, and that's really the, the starting point is to understand what does it look like to you? What does retirement look like to you? Uh, for a lot of folks, it's being in a position and not have to work. And so maybe you still work because you want to, because you enjoy what you're, what you're doing. Uh, but it's just being in a position and not have to work, so financially uh, being able to do that. Uh, but really understanding what it looks like to you. Does that mean that you're gonna stay where you are? Does that mean you're traveling the country? Does that mean you're traveling the world? Does that mean families come to see you? Uh, does that mean you're downsizing? Does that, and so when you think about retirement plan, these are all important things that you're going to want to think about. All right, so the elements of a personal plan. All right, so determining your priorities and goals is important. Make your best projections of the future. Organize your documents. Know your current net worth. Learn how much you'll need in retirement. Focus on the five building blocks, which is mainly what we'll talk about here today. In addition to seeking professional financial advice as needed. All right, so the bottom line, knowing how much you'll need will help you secure a financial future. Specifically, realistic goals will make your retirement more attainable. Uh, so understanding what a realistic goal is. And so there's a lot of forecasting software online and things of that nature. And uh, AARP has a, a, a ton of great tools uh, to use to get an idea of what you may need to be saving or what you may need to be living off of uh, as you're looking at your retirement planning. But there's a few action items here. So determine what a secure retirement looks like to you, what we just spoke about. Uh, estimate how many years you'll live in retirement. And so one of the number one fears of retirees is having more life at the end of their money. And so we don't want that to happen. So estimating how long you think you're going to live, having some sources of lifelong income streams. Uh, Social Security is typically the main one, uh, but something that lasts forever. Estimating how much you'll need to have on your retirement date. Uh, and so that's somewhat of an arbitrary number uh, because it, it depends on a lot of different conditions like inflation and the market and, uh, and things of that nature. But you want to factor those things in, taxes, inflation, the market, health care expenses as it relates to, to Medicare, uh, you know, part A, B, C, and D. Uh, so you want to make sure that you understand how that whole framework works. Uh, and especially if you're still working, you want to make sure that you understand if you do take Medicare while you're still working, who's going to be the primary, who's going to be the secondary. And so those are questions that, that you'll want to get answered uh, because you don't want to end up with a bill just from a few mistakes. And so identifying the sources of money you'll have to fund your retirement and selecting a target retirement date. Uh, and so those are also big items. So when am I going to retire? And oftentimes folks think that retirement and when they take Social Security are synonymous. And they don't have to be. Bless you. 
Uh, and they certainly don't have to be. Uh, and so it oftentimes makes a lot of sense to, if you do retire early, so in your 50s or early 60s, to still defer your Social Security. And so there's been a, a plethora of studies around how that could be a little more advantageous than taking Social Security a little bit earlier. All right, so the first building block, Social Security. We've been paying into Social Security our whole lives, pretty much our whole lives. Uh, and so part of that we pay for out of our checks. Uh, so it's about 6.2% of your check uh, that goes. So you'll see that percentage. And your employer also pays 6.2% in there for you. Uh, and so that's 12.4% or so of your income that gets saved over your entire working years. And then when you get to retirement age, so 62 is early retirement. Uh, for some folks, it's around 66 in a few months is full retirement age. Uh, and then you can defer all the way up until 70. So there's that window from 62 to 70 uh, during which you can take Social Security. Well, you can defer it past 70, but you don't get any benefit for that. Uh, and so as you're thinking about this, oftentimes people think of Social Security as wage continuation. And so they say, okay, well, if I stop working now at 62, I want to continue my wages and take Social Security now. Another way to think about Social Security, and maybe a, a slightly better way, is to think of it as lifelong income. Right? And so by making the choice of taking Social Security at 62, as opposed to 66 in a few months, or 67 or 70, uh, that can have a huge difference on what your Social Security check looks like, as well as what a survivor check could look like uh, for someone that you're leaving behind. And so those are important decisions that you want to think through. So at 62 is the earliest you can take it. Every year from 62 all the way up to age 70, your Social Security check grows by 8%, uh, which is a, a pretty big number. Uh, and so when you take Social Security before your full retirement age, which is 66 in a few months or 67 based on when you were born, there's a reduction in that as well. And so not only do you not get as much because you don't get that 8% increase, but you also get a reduction if you take it before your full Social Security retirement age. Uh, and so the specific answer is there's an 8% increase every year that you defer from 62 all the way up until age 70. And so who receives Social Security? Uh, and so as you can see, there's nearly 60 million people that receive some kind of Social Security benefits. 11 million are under age 62, and about 90% are 65 or over. Uh, they receive Social Security benefits. And so as you can see over here, there's retired spouse, children, disability, and widows and widowers benefits. And so you can receive Social Security benefits uh, for a few different reasons under age 62. Uh, and so there's Social Security disability uh, that you can receive a benefit for. Uh, also, if you have a spouse that passes away and you have children that are under 16, you get a Social Security survivor benefit for those children. Uh, until they're 16, and then the children get the benefit from 16 to 18 themselves. All right, so determine when to claim Social Security, and so we talked a good amount about this thus far. So understanding how the Social Security retirement age works is an important part of the retirement plan. Uh, and so once again, you really want to hone in on, so when do I take Social Security? Why am I deciding to take it? Um, and so you don't necessarily want to just kind of raise your hand at 62 and take it. Uh, you want to factor in everything uh, that's with your particular situation to see if that's going to be the right age for you. And so understanding your Social Security choices, and so full retirement age. Uh, so there's early retirement, full retirement, and late retirement. 
Uh, and so we talked about it before, early retirement, 62 in your full retirement age. Uh, and so once again, that's 66 in a few months or 67. Uh, and then late retirement is uh, up to age 70. And so once again, you can defer your Social Security benefits all the way up until age 70. And every year you do so, there's an 8% increase. And so this gives us kind of the chart, uh, but I'm sure we either have seen statements online. Uh, I know they stopped sending them out to a lot of folks, uh, but you can log in and, and get a statement. Uh, or though when you're getting your statements, you kind of know uh, when your full Social Security retirement age is. All right, and so this kind of shows us the reduction. And so what we're looking at is how much can I increase my benefit? Um, and so there's also a decrease, right? So the decrease goes down here in the red, increases up here in the green. And so we're looking at full retirement. The FRA is $1,000 a month. Uh, and it's looking like that's just at age 66 um, for this example here. And so as you take it earlier, there's a decrease. And as you defer it, there's an increase. So the spousal benefit, oh, we talked about this a little bit. All right, so you can receive up to half of your spouse's benefit. Oh, this is a different one, never mind. <laughs> uh, so you can receive up to half of your spouse's benefit at full retirement age. Uh, so claiming your spousal benefits early before full retirement age reduces the amount you receive. Uh, and so if we want to simplify the game, if you claim early, there's always a reduction, right? And so early is before full retirement age. So anytime before that, before full retirement age, there's a reduction. All right, so if your spouse claims his or her benefits early and you plan to claim his or her off his or her record, your benefit will still be a portion of his or her full benefit, right? And so when they say it, the key word is a portion, right? And so there, there will be a, a little bit of a reduction there. And so there's some strategies that we'll talk about here uh, later for folks that are married. Um, and there's something called file and suspend and claim now, claim more later. And uh, it's a way to really maximize Social Security uh, when there's you and a spouse. When you guys are both at full retirement age, there are uh, quite a few strategies that you can use to really maximize the system. So this isn't on here. Uh, so it's not on any of the slides, but there is an important benefit that a lot of folks don't know about. Uh, you can get a spousal benefit uh, from someone that you were married to, even if you're not married anymore. So if you were married for 10 years, and you haven't been remarried, when you get to 62, right, and so as long as you and your ex are both 62, you can claim a spousal benefit off of their work. Even if you're not married, you don't have to be in touch with them, they don't have to do anything, you just have to go into Social Security and say, hey, you have to have been married for 10 years, <laughs> correct. Claim now, claim more later. All right, so this is a, Exciting strategy, well it's exciting for me, I don't know, I, I get jazzed up about this stuff. <laughs> All right, so who can use it? Couples in which each spouse worked and qualified for Social Security on their own record. And so that was what the quarters, right? And so if you have 40 working quarters, uh, then you qualify. Uh, and so that's you know, essentially uh, 10 years, I believe. Uh, right, and so as we're looking at this, when can you take advantage when one or both spouses are full retirement age or older, right? And so that's when you can start using the strategies when, you know, full retirement age is when the strategies really start to kick in. And how it works. Once you reach full retirement age, the higher earning spouse is going to apply for a spousal benefit, allowing his or her own benefit to grow, right? And so there's an 8% increase, right, every year from there. Um, and then so as you're looking at this, it's going to grow until age 70. And of course, there's a larger survivor benefit, which is we talked about a little bit earlier, which is one of the reasons why uh, you might want to think about deferring. 
file and suspend. Uh, and so file and suspend is essentially a strategy where what you're going to do is at, well, really at, at any age, but for retirement age, you say, hey, let me get my benefits. And then you say, wait, just actually suspend them. I don't want to receive them. Uh, and so the reason you would do that is if someone's going to claim your spousal benefit, you have to claim your benefit first. Uh, but you might not want to actually receive your benefit because you might want to have it continue to grow at that 8%. Right? And so what you would do is you'd file and suspend. So you say, hey, Social Security, sign me up, but don't pay me. And so that way you let it continue to increase. But once you do that, then your spouse can claim a benefit from you. All right, so file and suspend plus claim now, claim more later. Now we're, this is getting exciting, right? Get some nods? All right, perfect. All right, so who can use this? Working couples who are close in age and qualify for Social Security benefits on their own records, right? Uh, when can you take advantage for retirement age or later? Once again, that's the name of the game. For retirement age or later is where you can really you know, start to use these strategies. So how it works. So you're combining the file and suspend and the claim now, claim more later strategies. So the older spouse files and suspends, right? And so they're letting it grow 8% every year up until age 70. The younger spouse files for the spousal benefits only, allowing his or her benefit to grow. So when both spouses turn age 70, they switch to their benefits, uh, but both spouses at that point were able to take advantage of that 8% growth on their individual benefits. Social Security Administration. How many folks are familiar with this website? No? So it's a, it is a great tool, uh, ss.gov. You can run, you can get online, you can type in your information, uh, you can run different scenarios for yourself. Say, well, what if I take it at 62? Or what if I take it at 67? Or what if I wait until 70? Uh, you can run and, and they'll calculate for you, uh, which is pretty neat. So I have a question about claiming Social Security. And so there's nice tools on here. Oh, there we go. And so there's the AARP website. Uh, and so you can aap.org backslash SSQA. AARP financial security tools. Uh, so a plethora of tools. AARP has, uh, and so you can look here, there's the healthcare costs calculator, the retirement calculator, social security calculator, and the social security question and answer tool. And so all great tools, uh, and so very informational. So building block number one, social security. And so as we know, social security is the main resource for a lot of folks that are in retirement. Uh, so understanding the social security game, so to speak. So when do I take it? How does it work? You know, what if I do it at 70 instead of 67? Is there a widow benefit that's possible, that's able, that I'm able to get? Uh, is there a spousal benefit that I'm able to get? And so understanding the Social Security game uh, is definitely going to be important. So number one is Social Security. Number two are pensions. Number three, investments and savings. Oh, they kind of gypped us on that. Uh, I think four and five, and I'll just give you those real quick since it should go along with it. So number four is anticipate expenses, and number five is decide about work. Uh, so they'll be in here. I guess it just wasn't necessarily in line. And so pensions, so define benefit plans. Uh, and so there's not as many of those around as there used to be. Um, and so the ones that are around, you know, there's, of course, the military pensions. There's uh, federal employees and state employees have pensions. So things like the federal employee retirement system and civil service retirement system. and. Virginia retirement system for, for some state employees. And um, you know, there was a few railroad ones that, that were still out there that are still alive. 
Uh, but defined benefit plans, and essentially what that is, is there's a defined benefit that you get paid for the rest of your life. Uh, so we call those pensions. And so defined contribution plans, and so those are 401ks, uh, things like 401ks, thrift savings plans for our federal employees, 457 deferred comp plans for our state employees, 403B for our nonprofit workers. Uh, and they're all kind of the same version of a 401k. Uh, it just depends on the industry that you're working in. Uh, and so you want to take advantage of the free money. So there's oftentimes an employer match in any of those. And the match might, they might say something along the lines of, well, if you put in 6%, you know, we'll match you dollar for dollar up to 3% or 50 cent on the dollar, you know, on the next 2% or something of that nature. And so uh, it's definitely important to understand how that works and to make sure that you're taking advantage of any free money that's there on the table. All right, so bottom line, workplace plans, options are an important part of your plan. Uh, and so you want to understand, once again, knowing the defined benefit, what that is, how it works, when do you take it. Uh, same thing with defined contribution, making sure you're taking advantage of the free money. A um, few action items here, and so I uh, kind of recap those quickly. And a cool plug there, work with the CFP as needed. So individual savings. So IRAs, there's traditional and Roth. Uh, those are individual retirement accounts, uh, which is an additional way to save kind of individually, so on your own. Uh, there are two main types, traditional and there's Roth. Uh, traditional money, like it says here, is tax deductible. And so you get a deduction on your taxes today, although when you take it out in the future, you pay taxes on it. And then there's Roth, where your money is taxed today, although when you take it out in the future, you take it out tax-free. Required minimum distributions, so something that's important to know. Um, and so required minimum distributions uh, can get you in a little bit of trouble. And so the IRS regulation is at age 70 and a half, which is just an arbitrary number, just like 59 and a half, right? And so I think it's the birthday after uh, or no, the, uh, the April after you turn 70 and a half. Uh, so if you turn 70 and a half in you know, 2015, uh, the next year is when your required minimum distributions have to start. Uh, and so what that says is they look at all your qualified money, right? So IRAs, or so traditional IRAs, uh, 401ks, um, 403Bs, TSPs, 457s, so all those qualified monies. Uh, and they say, based on your age, we think you're going to live X amount of years. And so there's a table that you have to go by. Uh, they say, okay, well, you're going to live 30 years. And so essentially, you have to take out 1 30th of your account. Uh, and then the next year you do it again, they say you're going to live you know, 29 years, you have to take out 1 29th, and so on and so forth. Uh, and so that's the IRS's way of saying, you're not going to get out of here without paying us. Someone's going to pay the piper. All right, and so there's a 50% penalty if you don't take out what you should take out. So if you do your calculation and they say you should take out $50,000 and you don't, you owe the IRS $25,000 just because. And you still have to take that money out. So this is really important, so you don't want to mess this up. Required minimum distributions. If you learn nothing else today, Social Security and RMDs. All right, annuities and saving vehicles. Uh, so annuities and then different saving vehicles, saving accounts, money markets, uh, mutual funds, CDs. All right, so building block number three, individual savings. So individual savings options can maximize your money or help maximize your money. Uh, so you want to select the appropriate savings vehicles. 
You want to pay yourself. You want to watch for fees. You want to work with a professional. Number four, anticipate expenses. Right, so this is one that we talked about, you know, as far as the CPI, you know, the elderly CPI versus the working one, right? And so healthcare comes into play here a lot. Uh, but there's lifestyle changes, needs versus wants, as you're looking at your retirement budget, right? So those are things that you're going to want to think about. Uh, age and longevity, you know, how does that look in your family history, right? And make sure we're planning appropriately, right? Because we don't want to plan until 82 and then live to be 83, because that last year will not be fun. Different types of investments, taxes and inflation, we want to make sure we're planning for these things, right? Because uh, Uncle Sam's going to get his, right? And so if you're taking money out of a 401k, if you take out a dollar, you're not receiving a dollar. You're receiving one dollar minus your tax rate, right? And so you want to think about that. And of course, you want to factor in inflation. Inflation's historically been somewhere around 3%, uh, based on the statistic that you're looking at, but somewhere around 3%. And so you want to keep that in mind. Because if you retire today, and you buy a loaf of bread, 20 years from now, that loaf of bread's not going to be the same price. Probably not. I guess I can't re see into the future. But if I could, I'd have the winning lottery number. And you guys can take bids. All right, so a study by Employee Benefit Research Institute found that the average family headed by someone 55 or older saw its total debt more than double to 70000 between 92 and 2007. Cut expenses to save. Right, and so as you're looking at your budget and you look at your goals, and if you've planned this thing out and it says you need to save $1,000 a month to reach your goals, but you only have 500 left, right, there's a little bit of a problem there. And so one of the ways we can fix that is to cut expenses to make sure we can save. Reducing debt. So list your debts in order from smallest to largest. Pay off the smallest one first while paying the minimum one of the others. And then pay off the next smallest one, working your way all the way through all the debts. So improving your credit. So good, creditors matter, good credit matters in retirement, right? And so paying off the debt can help improve your credit score. Checking your credit score for errors can help. Uh, and so there's an annualcreditreport.com uh, that can help you figure out some of those things. So anticipate expenses. And so we kind of talked about this. You know, you want to have a budget. You want to make sure you're reducing your debt, understanding your expenses, healthcare being one of the major expenses when you're coming into retirement. So you want to heavily consider when you take Social Security, because those 8% a year increases are huge, right? They really help, uh, as well as Medicare, right? And if you're getting a Medigap policy, which one do you get? And how do you kind of shield yourself from those rising costs of, of health care? And so those are things you really want to consider. Deciding about work, right? And so it's like, do I, do I stop working now and take Social Security? Do I stop working now and wait to take Social Security? Do I keep working? When do I stop working? So those are important decisions. Right, and so those are things that you really want to think about because working one year more can have a significant impact on your retirement. Right? So that's an extra year that you get into the Social Security system. Right? Uh, we're assuming that we're 62. Right? That's an 8% increase that you get on your Social Security, uh, you know, which, which helps. Uh, well, not after 62. That kind of your, your work doesn't count as much anymore. But so as you're looking here, uh, you definitely want to factor in well, am I going to continue to work? Am I going to take Social Security? Am I going to take it early? Am I going to defer it? Um, by continuing to work, that means that's an extra year that you get to save into the system, right? And so that could be 401ks, IRAs, things like that. And it's one less year that you have to live off of your money. And so it can make a pretty big impact. All right, so the bottom line here, for many people, work can be part of life for years beyond traditional retirement. Right? And so for most people, if you're continuing to work 
you probably want to do it because you want to, not because you have to. Uh, but even if you have to, it's, it's not that bad because it does really help you in your overall retirement picture. Follow your plan. So develop, developing, wow, I don't know what that word was. <laughs> developing new saving and spending habits will keep you on course. And so there's some action items here. So make a commitment to work your plan regularly. Talk with key family members. Connect with professionals. Connect with others who are like-minded to help you stay on plan.